Well, church, um, we have made it through 14 books of the Bible together, and now we enter into one more, heading towards all of them, again, is our hope. Um, so if you're a guest with us, our nature as a church is we just go straight through books of the Bible. We, we are very uh, scripture-minded, um, heady people but just believing that there's nothing we could come up with um, that is better than what God has provided in his text. And so we just go straight through books of the Bible, and um, we just wrapped up the book of James. It was a, quite a journey, and so we're going to kick off now the book of Joshua. Today will just be the intro, and then we'll really dive in. Um, hopefully, Lord willing, we will wrap it up before the end of 2018. But as you know at Safe Haven, there's no promises. Promises? Promises? Um, it may be the end of 2019 before we wrap it up, um, but we're just going to go straight through the book of Joshua and, and let God's word speak to us. I want to start maybe this time together by asking you a question. And I wanted to ask it this way, but I changed my mind. The way that I wanted to ask you the question was, have you ever been given a promise by someone that wasn't kept? Like, has anybody ever given you a promise that they weren't able to keep? And I wanted to ask you that question, but I decided not to, sort of because I think I just kind of asked it. Uh, maybe you were vowed an item, like somebody was going to give you an item, and they didn't follow through. Or maybe somebody was going to vow love to you, and they didn't follow through. Maybe somebody was going to vow an action, and they didn't follow through. They vowed something. They promised to give you something, but they didn't keep their promise. But again, I'm not going to ask you that question or stir up those emotions, because those are bad emotions, right? Um, so let's flip the question another way. I'm going to start this series by asking you this question. Have you ever given a promise that you didn't keep? Let's flip it on us. Because it don't stir up bad emotions, it just stirs up what? Justification of why we didn't fulfill the promise. So think about that. Have you ever given a promise that, that you didn't keep? And here are some of the reasons that you didn't keep the promise. Because there was just that unexpected event that popped up. You promised it, but that event popped up and you just couldn't keep your promise. And so it's really not your fault, it's really the event's fault, right? Um, or you, you gave this promise, but you had a change of mind. And so you didn't keep your promise because of this change of mind. Um, I do this about on a daily basis with my children. Um, I promise that we will, and then they do something to make me break that promise. It's their fault, of course. Um, and, and, and then all of a sudden, but you promised, and, and maybe that's you, maybe... Something just happened and you had this change of mind. And, or maybe you made a promise and you didn't keep it because you just couldn't follow through with the promise. You were in over your head. You promised something that your hands couldn't pull off, your feet couldn't pull off, or maybe even your pocketbook could not pull off. You just promised it, but you couldn't pull it off. Or most of us, maybe you just couldn't fulfill the promise because you forgot about the promise. And then they come to you and go, why didn't you fill the, fulfill the promise? And then you say, I just, I just forgot. Well, these are all things, and I want us to see these things, but not because um, I want us to get thinking about broken promises, but what I want us to get see the, is just the opposite. The whole book of Joshua is about a God who will never, ever break his promises. That's the whole book. The whole journey is about this 
faith-keeping, promise-keeping God who keeps his promises constantly. He never vows an item that he doesn't give. He never vows a love that he doesn't fill through with. He never vows an action that he doesn't fulfill. He never has an unexpected event. He never has a change of mind. He never has a, uh, I just couldn't come through. He never has a, I just forgot. He is a promise-keeping, covenant-keeping God. And as we think about that, Our life is full of all kind of twists and turns. As a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and get it out in the open. Is there anybody in here whose life is not crazy? Anyone? Anybody's life that's not full of twists and turns? All right, so there we go. We are on the same plane. Everybody in here has crazy lives. We all meet these twists and these turns and these challenges. We're all in this boat together. And although those twists and turns do alter future destinies that we're headed towards, ah, now I'm headed this way. Yes, that's true. It also alters present reality. Those twists and turns just change things. And how we respond in the midst of twists and turns says something about what we believe about God. Did you catch that? How we react when something happens or how we... If we're, oh no, I can't do this, or, or we're downtrodden, or I can't believe that happened, or we get dejected, it says something about what we believe about God, and that's the book of Joshua. Is Joshua going on this journey across the Jordan, and, and he's going to meet all kind of twists and turns. Moses certainly met twists and turns. What we believe about God will say something to the, to the level of which strength and courage we'll have. So in other words, I, maybe I could say it this way. The whole book of Joshua is about this billboard that we just slapped up on Highway 43. Be strong. Be courageous. Not because you're great, but because God is a covenant-keeping God. And that's the book of Joshua. We're going to journey through that. We're going to look at it together. What we do in the midst of twists and turns, how we handle that, how we think, how we respond, and does God give promises to us? And let's dive into that right now. Joshua 1 One and two. I don't think we've ever just went through two verses in one Sunday, but that's going to be today. Two verses. Here we go. Joshua 1, 1 says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord Joshua said, uh, the the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, uh, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people. We're going to hit the pause button there. Retract real fast. Don't have time to go into it uh, fully. Uh, We'll get to the book of Exodus at some point as a church. Moses, let's track back to Abraham. Abraham promised land. I'm going to give you this land. That went to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, not Leviticus, but Deuteronomy. All of these, they, they get these promises. I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you this land. Moses leads the people out of Egypt who were in slavery headed towards this land. And here's what the land is like. If you're going from Tuscaloosa to Northport, you must cross over a body of water. The what? The Warrior River. As far as I know, there's no way around it. You have to go across the Warrior River to get to Northport. The nation of Israel, to get to the land that God has promised them, has to cross the Jordan River. You just have to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. Moses is... Take the children over there. He disobeys the Lord, strikes a rock twice. Crazy story for another day. 
He disobeys God. He doesn't get to the promised land. The Lord takes him to the edge of the Jordan River, says, you can see it, but you can't cross it. I'm going to let somebody else take him across. So he gets to the edge of the Jordan River, and he dies right there at the edge of the Jordan River. That's where we're at in the story. Does that catch you up? All right. Everybody checked on? If you're like, no, Troy, that was too fast. Go read Exodus. It'll give you the whole story. That's what gets us here. After the death of Joshua, he dies on the banks of the Jordan. The servant of the Lord looks at Joshua and says to him, Moses is dead. Now you, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan. Check this out. You and all the people, here's the promise of God. Into the land that I'm giving them. This covenant-keeping God had promised this land, and hundreds of years had gone by where everybody's going, we are never going to get this land. We're in slavery. How are we going to get this land? The Egyptians are put us in these unbearable things that we have to we have to carry these uh, these think big bricks and we have to make the bricks out of straw and and you make us gather our own straw how we'll never get to this land and god takes them there and he fulfills this promise and we're going to watch this unravel into the land that i'm giving him to the people of israel so we're just going to do an intro we don't have time to dive in but here's what i want to see right off the bat i just want to whet our appetite And get us ready for this fantastic journey that is the book of Joshua. It has some bizarro stories that we're going to encounter. We're going to go through some of these stories. Go read it today. Just go read it for kicks and giggles. Forget football this afternoon. I'm telling you, go read this book. And you're going to come across chapters and go, what did I just? You're going to read it and go, I can't even believe this is in the Bible. It's going to embarrass some of you. You'll read it and go, there's crazy things that occur. There is smiting of entire nations. There is um, heroes and heroines. A female hero is a heroine, right? There's heroines. Um, And and one of them is a prostitute. It's just these grand stories of all these things God does and uses and God can't use this person, then he uses them for his glory, and then they make it in Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith. It's just, it's these grands, just, it's, it's awesome, all right? But that's not how I'm trying to whet your appetite. Go read it, skip the LSU game, go read the book of Joshua, okay? So we're going to go through the book of Joshua, and here's what we're going to encounter, number one. We're going to encounter this fact that there is not a single promise that God has ever made that he will not keep. Even when it seems like there's no way he could keep this promise, he keeps his promise. And we're going to look at that. He gave national promises. I'm going to give you this land, and he gives it to them. He gives global promises. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. If God doesn't keep his promises, we can't be sure he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He gives group promises. He told the disciples specifically, or to the Pharisees. He said, Pharisees, destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll do what? And in three days, I'll build this thing back up. So he gives promises to specific groups, and they destroyed it, and he, three days, rose himself back up. Which begs the question, and this is where it's going to get really applicable. Does God still give personal promises? And we're going to journey through some of that. I'm talking about promises like Genesis chapter 17. 
where God goes to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And then Abraham's wife does what? Say it out loud. Laughs. No way. God doesn't give personal promises like that. And as a matter of fact, he didn't give personal promises because I am past childbearing ages. In the Hebrew, the word for that is menopause. All right? It's still, that's not the real Hebrew word, but you know, that's what she said. There's no way. I'm past childbearing ages. that, That will not happen. Did God keep his promise? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he kept it. Does God still give personal promises? And we're going to look at that. And the truth is that we're going to find out that God's not a God who makes commitments that can be broken. He's a God who makes covenants that he will keep forever. So we're going to look at that. And hopefully you understand now why we went through that whole Spirit-led series. I know a lot of times at Safe Haven, things... (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people come in and they're like, what on earth have I just walked into? I see people dressed up. I see people in Converse. I see, and everybody's like, this is the most. They just played a banjo, and I'm pretty sure the pastor said something about rap a minute ago. You know, I, and, and, and here's the thing. There is a linear theme, and so we went through that whole spirit-led series to get you to see you can hear from the Lord personally. And if God's going to fulfill his promises personally to you, then that ties somehow to you being able to understand what the promise even is in the first place. you got to hear from the Lord, that spirit-led life that we just journeyed through. You can hear from the Lord through his word. You can hear from the Lord through prayer. You can hear from the Lord through the church body. You can hear from the Lord through others. All of these are available to you as we seek to live out a spirit-led life, which we're promised to indwell us on salvation. And so here's what I'm trying to say. I left it over here. Now the guy's going out and what is he doing? All right, so here's the thing. I think a lot of times we view God something like this. A Hershey bar. We look at this and we go, well, what just happened really, number one, is some of y'all's salivary glands just started salivate, didn't it? You were like, hey, okay, I'm in now. What is he talking about? Like you were napping before, but now you're like, how do I get that? Okay, here's the thing. A lot of times it's it's something like this. We think of God as we look at this and we go, well, okay, that is good for sure. And that is big. (laughs) That's a big Hershey bar. And a lot of times that's our notion of God. Because he's so otherly, we go, all I know is that he's big and he's good. And he's out there. He's big and good. And that's really all we can come up with. So when somebody says to you, what do you know about God? You go, well, I know he's good, and he is big. And it's just kind of this otherly thing. And I think what happens as we go through Joshua is Joshua's going to go, he's, he's so much more. <laughs> yes. He is big, and he is good. But it, the more you dive into him, the more personal he becomes. And the more you realize of the intricate details that he has for you, and that's what's going to happen as we journey through Joshua. And now you're all like, how do I get the candy? All right, so uh, maybe we'll throw it out in a minute. You know what? I don't know. Uh, But that's what I want you to see. So number one, there's not a single promise that God has made he will not keep. And then number two, let's wrap it up. 
Because God is this covenant-keeping God, we can, in turn, be strong and courageous in every twist and turn of life, not because we're great, but because He is the sovereign ruler of the universe. Let me get heady real quick, real fast, and the band's about to come back up. We tout, especially in our culture, and it's the southern culture big time, we tout this whole notion of free will, free will, free will. I got free will. It's like we... We idolize it or something. Free will, free will, free will. Do you really want free will? (laughs) Meaning the absence of God's sovereignty to interject himself? Do you really want that? I don't think we do. I don't. If that's the case, I don't don't even know why we would pray. (laughs) Right? God, I want to be free, I want to be free, I want to be free, but I also want you to do this for my family and interject your sovereignty in my life here. But we don't, we will destroy ourselves if we were left to our own freedoms. Now, what God does grant us, biblically, theologically, is permissive will. He gives us permission to make real choices that have very real consequences. But praise the Lord, He still maintains His providential power to interject when we're jacking it up. Or when we're getting it good and begin to worship our own glory. So the beauty of this is we can be strong and courageous knowing that we have a sovereign ruler who speaks to his people and keeps his promises and we can interact with him in permission. And so this is even when the promise seems impossible. Some of y'all have promises from God personally and you're like, it's impossible. There's no way he'll pull that off. Even when God's promises are impossible, he will pull it off. Some of y'all have promises from God that seem like folklore. God's going to use me that way? No, 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 no. There's no way possible. Not me. I think we have precedence of that in Scripture as well. Some of y'all have promises from God that seem like a dangling carrot in front of you. Like he's just dangling. You're like, there's no way I could ever get to that. It's just, uh, just, no way. We're going to find out God keeps his promises. Some of y'all have promises from God that seem like a lost cause because in your head you go, he gave me that promise, but I jacked it up. I think you're going to find that through the gospel, even when we jack it up, he keeps his promises. Maybe it's a promised ministry. Maybe it's a promised person. Maybe it's a promised task. Maybe it's a promised touch. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this. Band, come on back up. As I've been chewing through this, I've just been reliving story upon story of Forestdale, Alabama, the great booming metropolis, where many of you guys um, know this individual, but I, I won't say their name, but once this individual became a believer, had this overwhelming burden for his mom who was not a believer. Um, She worked in a a business that there would be no gospel interaction. And the Lord promised this individual, I will bring your mom to myself. And he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed for over 30 years And I'll never forget the day 
standing in Westwood Baptist Church in Forestdale, Alabama, when after the sermon was over, the songs were done and people were ready to walk out, comes a woman running down the aisle. 1,500 people in the room going, I don't know what it is. I just know I need Jesus. And God fulfilled his promise. I think of Kyle Reno, who many of you guys know in Arkansas, who the doctors had told, you just will never have children. And it's your fault. Not, you know what I mean. And God gave him a promise. I'm going to give you a child. And listen, I, I, I feel the tension with you. Why does God sometimes keep the promise and sometimes there is no promise? And is it God's promises or is it just my head? I feel all that. And for 15 years, nothing. And then two years ago, I get a text from Kyle that says, God has fulfilled his promise. Katie is pregnant with twins. And for years, I... I hear him say, God's promised me this. And who am I to tell whether God's promised him or not? But then I go get in my car and go, eh, maybe. Who's it on now? My lack of faith. And we're going to wrestle through all of that. When does God promise? What does God promise? And how do we hear God's promises? And so if you're in the room going, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if God's speaking to me or, again, if that's the Chinese that ate last night. I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, is that my head or is that God or is that, I don't, I, uh, if you're in the boat, here's what I say to you. Good news. We're going to journey through all that together. So, again, I'm hoping to just whet your appetite. You need to be here as we contemplate God's promises, how he speaks, when he speaks. And if he always keeps them. So, Paul said it this way, and we're done. For all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. We're going to look at promises, we're going to look at covenants. But here's the most beautiful thing. In all of it, every bit of it is going to point us to Jesus. The future promise to come that is our only hope. That is the only thing that ultimately satisfies. So, no conclusion today. That's it. I mean, maybe I could just throw the candy out. I guess that would be a good conclusion. Um, it's going to be a good journey. And my hope is that you find and fall more in love with the creator God who still speaks, who still wants to speak to us as a church, who still wants to speak to you personally, and that we can be strong and courageous even when life is crazy and we don't understand it because God's up to something bigger than we could dream or imagine. And then how all of that craziness and covenant all wraps together to point us to Jesus. To Jesus. So. Lord Jesus, thank you for our time together. Thank you for this journey that we're about to begin. 
God, I pray that you unite us together as we worship through the examination of your text each week, even next week. Oh, what, <laughs> what a big bang it kicks off with. Um, Lord, how you can use lying prostitutes for your glory is a great news to people like me who do not have our junk together. And then, God, how you can use kings who think they have life figured out for your glory by bending their knee to your will. So, Father, for those of us who trust in our own abilities and then those of us who go, I don't have any abilities, that you'll just meet us where we're at and that we'll get a glimpse of you, that we'll see you face to face, that we'll understand covenant, that we'll understand promises, that we'll understand how to interact with you, how to hear for you, how to war for your glory, how to be on mission to boast in the great news of Jesus Christ and how he ties into the whole picture. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for these people. Thank you for letting us gather today. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Would you stand together? Let's sing, and then we'll have our benediction.